All right, we are live for a Thursday edition of the Mike and Mario Show, and uh, excited to be back. Looking forward to connecting Mario. It's been a been about a week since we last talked, but uh, lots of things unfolded since then. But how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well, Mike. And you? Oh, I'm doing pretty well, man. As I mentioned before, air. You know, it was 80 degrees yesterday. You know, it's just something about that sun to put a smile on a man's face. <laughs> but uh, other than that, doing well, man. A uh, lot of overall optimism uh, with the markets on the people who are awake and aware side of things. And it has a lot to do with what's happening with silver and gold in particular and uh, in the commodity space in general. But um, yeah, so lots of things are unfolding, but I think the narrative is either shifting or the fed is caving into their own narrative that they were trying to feed us earlier throughout the last year or two about first, it was a soft landing. Now I haven't heard nothing about a landing and now they're admitting that a mild recession is due. So it's like if they're admitting that there's problems, they're blaming the banking contagion, of course. But if they're willing to admit that there's something coming later this year, the question is, what will it be and how bad will it be in your estimations? But I'll start off with that. But give me your thoughts on that. That's all piggybacking on this article here about the Fed expects the banking crisis to cause a recession. And so we know that that's not the cause of the current environment we're in, but it's just interesting how they're using it as a narrative ahead of time. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, they're again, they're like blaming everything but themselves. Uh, I would say <laughs> the banking crisis happened because of the Fed, because mm-hmm. uh, they uh, they cut rates and they pumped trillions into the uh, economy through their balance sheet in 2020-21. And then they uh, they waited too long to start uh, not just unwinding their balance sheet, but also raising rates. And that's mm-hmm. cre- that created the worst uh, stock and bond market in probably like 100 years or maybe 80 mm-hmm. years. I don't know exactly. And then these banks, <laughs> even treasuries dropped like 20, 25% treasury bonds, which are supposed to be safe haven. Uh, so yeah if there is a recession it's because of what the fed's been doing they pumped everything up and now they're trying to rein it in because they're they're desperate and uh they made a big mistake so uh the banks are just a symptom of of that Mm -hmm. but uh, as i said to you before we we came on air um i'm sure the uh, government and the fed They'll do everything to keep that GDP from going negative, i.e. a recession. And how do they do that? Well, through all the deficit spending <laughs> that's still going on. The C- mm-hmm. Congress- Congressional Budget Office just uh, made a re- did a report recently, and they said we're going to get over 5% budget deficit in the current fiscal year. And, and it's going to keep uh, stay in the red for, for up until 2017. 28 it's going to drop a little bit and then it's going to uh get out of control by by 2033 they expect the national debt to be 50 trillion so they can always paper over things with with spending they could find another crisis to spend uh, more hundreds of billion uh through the uh military industrial complex or uh bail out the banks again who knows yeah, and speaking of which, uh, just this headline here: deficit tops one trillion in first six months of the fiscal year 2023. So there's no end in sight to this uh, debt Ponzi scheme, but just the narrative of like the bank, them blaming the banks. Like, what better excuse could they use 
given the fact that it's most it's the most relevant and we haven't really even seen the full effects of this contagion because it's kind of died down over the last couple of weeks or whatever for whatever reason it has i guess it has a lot to do with the uh the feds extra windows and all those swaps and all types of things they've done behind the scenes it's quieted it down a little bit but the problem still persists now if it goes to the point where a mild recession is coming at the end of this year and i'm seeing a lot of other forecasts talking about mild recession mild recession but then again the current environment we're in now hasn't we've never witnessed anything like this in modern history so that lets me know that what probably lies ahead will be well beyond a recession it might be on the brink of a I like, you know, unfortunately, I use the word crash, you know, not not a soft landing, not a hard landing, but I've used the words a crash and burn scenario because that plays into the shift of this happening around the world, especially with when out east, whatever. But if we get into the end of this year and there is some type of event, then what? Like, then how, then what will happen from that point on you in, in your estimates? Like, as far as them trying to what will they officially pivot and go QE again or that, that's the you know that's what kind of I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to walk through this scenario of them admitting that a recession is coming but then what will their response be when it gets here according to their own measurements you think well I don't think they're going to be too concerned about like a recession uh, uh, a shallow recession if they get mm-hmm. it but what they can do uh, if there is another crisis another accident like We've seen uh, here in the UK uh, back in uh, September, October time, mm-hmm. they just came in. Bank of England came in and, and intervened with more uh, not QE, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like they're putting out fires and, and they keep saying, well, we're going to keep tightening. We, we're concerned about inflation. And that's the same thing the Fed has done recently. They increased their balance sheet by almost $400 billion in a week to save uh you know, to calm down the, the banking contagion. Mm-hmm. And it could happen uh, maybe next week or in a month's time or three months' time. And uh, I'm not sure they would pivot, but they would uh, do uh, some kind of new program and say, oh, this is just temporary to calm financial conditions, but we're still going to keep tightening rates because we're concerned about inflation. And I think that's how they, they'll do it because... Uh, and I think they, you know, they're going to have trouble with what what's called uh, inflation. The reason mm-hmm. I do that is because I see inflation as uh, the creation of currency and credit out of thin air. Right. Most people see it as uh, a rising CPI, a high CPI, and I think we're going to get a rebound in the CPI. I know it's dropped back down to like five point one percent. We had the numbers yesterday. We mm-hmm. saw. I dropped today, but if you look at the uh, the, the price price of oil and the chart of crude oil, it's turning back up. Uh, we've had like a 12 months or 18 months of uh, a rest in the commodity bull market, but I think it's going to pick back up. We could see, I could see uh, crude oil go to like 150 to 200 dollars in the next uh, 18 uh, months to two years. So. Uh, it's going to be really interesting times. Now, um, given that the end of this year is we're expecting some type of event, I wonder, is is that what, you know, the metals market is sniffing out at this current time frame with all this positive forward movement in the price act, you know, gold and silver continuing to trend upward? 
do you think that like literally like people from not just not domestically but globally are starting to sniff because like when we looked at this a moment ago it was like it was 50 it was 57 now it's 70 is it a 25 77 for silver spot price as of right now but you know if we get into some type of event by the end of this year then literally based upon the current trajectory of silver and gold at this current moment what could that dollar usd price be looking like at that point if something breaks in the system in your yeah. estimations what do you think well, you know, uh, back in 2020, uh, gold, silver, and commodities all and the stock market, everything crashed in March. Mm -hmm. But gold and silver were the ones to pick up before everything else, before yeah. all the major commodities. As you see there, uh, silver went from uh, around 12 to 30 in a matter mm -hmm. of months. So they were forecasting the inflation in commodities, Inf not inflation, but the rising commodity prices. So we could be seeing um, another uh, bout of that, uh, you know, another forecast by gold and silver that prices are going to uh, rise again, especially mm -hmm. for hard assets like oil and, you know, all, all kinds of energy uh, and soft commodities. And uh, I don't know what the event is going to be to trigger that. Or maybe what's triggered that is the fact that, uh, we saw how when push comes to shove, when there's a crisis in the system, the central banks uh, come to the rescue, like the mm -hmm. Fed did a month ago with all their pro new programs, this uh, BT fee deep beat, uh, bank term uh, financing program, BTPF. BTPF, yeah. And, and then we saw they, they, they did not QE again mm -hmm. for a billion. And we're seeing that the new uh, head of the, Bank of Japan, Governor Ueda, mm -hmm. he, he just took over uh, like at the beginning of this week. And he said he's going to keep the same policy as Kuroda. So again, yeah. they're going to keep printing as well. The Japanese, they're going to and that's going to like I think that's what gold and silver are seeing that uh, uh, this <laughs> they're going to be very uh, th because the only way I think to bring down inflationary pressures is for interest rates to be in double digits right now because i don't buy that uh five percent rate of the cpi and here yeah. in europe we still have double digits in the uk so we we need uh, i mean i'll give them the benefit of the doubt but if they really wanted to stop inflation the fed funds rate should be around seven and a half to eight but can you imagine them doing that seven and a half to eight yeah no way possible. So you mentioned about you know that like this, the, the what what the trigger might be or what the event that might be based upon current sentiment and re especially with this price action here. I would imagine it's already in. Like you know the trigger's already been pulled. Maybe it was the banking event that really led people to question the you know the the, uh, the stability of the banking sector, and they already start allocating and moving funds out of currency, especially and into some sound. In the in the form of metals or whatever, so probably probably already underway, and we're starting now to just to see the 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 results of that. To where you know you mentioned before we went on air about you know once silver get above thirty dollars or so, you know hey watch out like all oh, hell will break loose. I remember when we were um, doing our initial breakout. I remember people saying if they get above, I think it was they they put thirty five as a you know the TA chart saying thirty five, then all oh, hell will break loose. But you know we didn't get that. But you know yeah, it, it'll be interesting yeah, to see if we get uh, that. The other thing that gold and silver could be forecasting is this uh, uh, debt ceiling impasse. 
you mm. know, because it seems like uh, the Biden administration is pretty adamant that there should be no conditions that they we, that uh, Congress, the House should just lift the ceiling and the, yeah. the Republican uh, controlled House doesn't see it that way. Uh, I, I saw that Warren Buffett, you sent me that article, doesn't seem to think it will be a problem. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, the uh, current administration has made so many mistakes and so many blunders. I mean, uh, the the top one that I think so far is uh, the withdrawal from U of U.S. forces from Afghanistan in 2021. Mm -hmm. So uh, it wouldn't be out of the question that it would be the the administration that leads to the U.S. government uh, defaulting because of not raising the debt ceiling. That's a because back in 2011, we're very close to uh, that was the really last big debt ceiling crisis and gold and silver went through the roof. That's when silver went to $50. Mm -hmm. So maybe that could be that too. Mm, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this plays out. And we're just in the beginning of spring, say least. But uh, let's say acknowledge a couple of people's uh, super chat here. I want to put that and forget that. But uh, Ryan says, hey, everybody, glad to be here. My question is, this going to lead to a to more inflation or major deflation? I see inflation is supposedly going down, but I also see the government spending. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit of a stagflationary uh, issue yeah. right there in itself. I, I'll, I'll answer that and then you can. I mean, first of all, inflation is not going down. <laughs> inflation still or actually... We've had deflation, uh, Ryan, since uh, July 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, and what do I mean by that? Well, the money supply M2 is shrunk, is mm -hmm. dropped. So uh, what we've had is rising consumer prices as measured for the CPI. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can have rising prices in the deflation, which is what we're having. So what prices have dropped in this deflation? Well, it's been the price of uh, financial assets, stocks and bonds, mortgage-backed securities. And, and that's why we've had the banking crisis, because the banks, uh, their assets and liabilities got screwed up because treasury prices dropped so much. So, um, yeah, inflation, uh, I think we might, we'll probably see it again. M2 is going to start picking up. But I think what you mean, he means by inflation is uh, rising prices. Mm -hmm. So I actually see that as well as commodities start making a move higher, especially uh, with oil breaking out, as I showed you on that chart, if you want to show that chart. And that's going to drive the whole commodity space. So, yeah, uh, I, I think Ryan looks at inflation as the CPI. So uh, I, I think uh, this 5% print or 5.1 from yesterday is going to be a like a bottom right now, and we're going to see it go higher. Yeah, good analysis there, and I, I think clearly just the work, you know, the terminology different between inflation and CPI or consumer price index, which is the measuring measurements, the measuring index they use to price all those you know assets. There is what's probably confusing to where it makes you know that question. It, 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 which creates that question. If people knew and stuck yeah. with the idea that inflation was expansion of the monetary supply, as you love to hit on, yeah. people would, would even look at it from that standpoint. Consumer price that's index. They, yeah, that's how, that's how they've been able to uh, inflate so much because mm -hmm. uh, they've made people believe that CPI is inflation, while CPI is the consequence. 
you know, a rising CPI is a consequence of inflation. But as we've seen, uh, CPI can rise even during a deflation, which we've had. But anyhow, uh, here in the UK, we have stagflation because our mm -hmm. economy is hardly growing and prices are still rising. So, yeah, as you can see there, oil consolidated has been consolidating since, since the middle of last year. Uh, it has dropped. Uh, but uh, we've just broken out of this falling wedge. This is a monthly chart. Um, so I expect oil to go a lot higher. And, and that will mean uh, higher prices for everything because energy is an important part of the, without energy, the economy doesn't, uh, doesn't move, right? But right. it's right. not oil that's going to cause the inflation. Uh, it's the consequence of it. And I think the deficit spending and all the government spending is what's driving this and also the fed policy because the fed is not tight has not tightened enough even though they've done a lot but they they they've been for like years at zero rate and they went their balance sheet went up tenfold from 800 billion to almost 10 trillion yeah uh good point there man um all right so here's another uh from chris appreciate you man it says if the fed's inflation target is moved to four or six percent what effect will this have on precious metals thanks <laughs> 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 um yeah and that's where like I, I don't i don't think they'll be that dumb at this current moment but then again uh, you never know they i always think have uh, people have been talking about three to four percent but four to six would be like it's putting a rocket up uh, gold and silver and all commodities, all hard assets. I mean, uh, if uh, you get CPI rise of 7%, I think for is it, uh, the rule of thumb is 7% over 10 years, the you know, things double. Mm -hmm. So, um, But it's possible that they bring it to three and four and even three and four would, uh, would affect the gold price uh, and yeah. their excuse is that if they try to bring it back down to two it's too uh it's gonna hurt the economy and hurt the stock market right i, I think yeah, never, mind, never mind your never mind your purchasing power never mind the currency itself like that's not you know the primary focal Ooh. point we don't care if you are losing while we're trying to uh fight yeah. inflation as they say it uh interesting <laughs> uh what else okay we just got some other subjects here so i'll bring up a couple things here that, I, that came across my radar. Um, one of them was uh, this this article here about uh, you know your your guy over there in uh, England says Bank of England beefs up plans for a digital Bitcoin currency, and so it, it looks like regardless of what's happening with the old legacy system, they're hard pressed on continuing to lay the framework for their version of the new economy that they're trying to create. And I'm like, I told, I mentioned it about their hiring a workforce of up to 30 people to develop the project. And I'm like, if they're telling us that now, clearly they're a lot further along than they would want us to know. And they already have something probably in, in play, given that if the U.S. has some type of uh, event that later this year, it won't just be isolated here. It's going to spread throughout Europe and U.K. and everywhere else. And they all be on the same framework with the same narrative, of course, I'm sure, trying to come out with their version of a solution to their own problem they created. So, yeah, but uh, uh, um, the. Yeah. Yeah, they came out with a working paper uh, mm -hmm. in February. Um, yeah, their their plan, the Bank of England and the Treasury, is to phase it in in the next few years. So it's not going to be right away, and it's going to run par parallel. 
but mm -hmm. if it works, you know, because I, I'm not sure they'll be able to, to bring in a CBDC if uh, we see the kind of crisis that uh, I foresee, you know, a currency collapse when they, if they lose control of things, you know, why would people trust them to bring in something new? Uh, someone's uh, got a super chat there. Yeah, Ryan says, isn't the M1 money supply down? Are banks running out of cash? Uh, uh, M1, and, M1 and M2 are down, yeah. Uh, bank, banks, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, bank, some banks are running out of cash, um, especially the small and mid-sized banks, because after uh, the, uh, you know, after the uh, SVB collapse and Signature Bank, but this this also means that people are moving uh they could be moving their cash m1 is just uh notes and coins right uh mm -hmm. m2 and bank deposits and then m2 is like time deposits like uh and money market funds yeah but um they could be moving uh that cash to uh, m2 to money markets funds but m2 is also coming off but that's what deflation is ryan when the money supply drops. Yeah, and to, with all the stories over the last week or two about all the small regional banks experiencing problems due to that deposit limit that hasn't really been ironed out as of yet, the panic from people withdrawing, taking them to the, the globally systemic important banks, they're not, they're not, they're flushed with, they got more than enough, you know, cash. It's just the smaller banks, as you mentioned, that are, being delivered, in my opinion, being deliberately, you know, this is a deliberate activity against those smaller banks to consolidate power into the top echelon of banks. So I wouldn't doubt it if it's intentional in nature, spurred on by the current activity with the banking sector. So, all right, let's, uh, if you want, let's get to some questions. And so we already got questions out here. Let's get to some couple of questions. And uh, let me see, uh, let me see, get this up here. Let me see, feel free. Let me put up here yeah all right so if you guys have some thoughts ideas or questions you want to share or bring some topics to the table feel free to do so we got a couple of good ones already and uh what else we got here let me know if you see anything out here yeah. like expressing uk country i haven't seen any questions yet uh it's getting too confusing <laughs> yeah no. here's uh matthew says thoughts on the total returns Thoughts on the turtle total return swaps conducted through the international swaps and derivatives association, how unregulated it is, i.e. Archie goes 223. Yeah, I mean, swaps are just derivatives. Like uh, most uh, in interest rate derivatives are done through uh, swaps. The uh, ISDA, International Swaps and Derivatives Association, that's just like an association of all the big uh, derivatives traders like uh, in the banks, big banks, and uh, the, the people who make a market. Ar Archegos, <laughs> yeah, they they leveraged up to the hilt, and uh, yeah, the the move in the markets just uh, killed them, and, and it was one of the reasons why Credit Suisse uh, has been in trouble and got into trouble uh, about a month ago. Uh, Credit Suisse, uh, they had a Archegos had a prime brokerage account with Credit Suisse, and uh, Credit Suisse ended up losing $5 billion uh, because all these derivatives, especially the over-the-counter ones in interest rate swaps, they're highly leveraged. 
So Archegos, of course, yeah, was a big, it was a hedge fund. Uh, and uh, it went from being very small to very big <laughs> to worth billions. But then they lost everything because uh, they bet more than their equ the equity they had. And when the market moved sharply and there was a lot of volatility, they lost everything. Mm, interesting. Now I wanna I wanna hit on hit. I was just I forgot a topic uh, that I wanted to bring up. That the tweet you sent me from uh, from Ben Rickert. I want to bring that up here, and that has to do with uh, the BlackRock situation. So we'll get to some questions. So feel free yeah, to ask some questions or whatnot, because yeah. I want to I want to definitely touch on that. But here's that uh, headline here, if I can move this over. But uh, talking about BlackRock defaulting and how that's Black, going to have a little Black bit of a Blackstone. Blackstone, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So back on March 3rd, Blackstone just swatted on the Nordic backed uh, mortgage bonds. And so what's been so from according to what you've heard or see, what's been the, the spillover from that? Well, you know, these are mostly like uh, funds that are pri private equity funds based on commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. So and they have rules where they can uh, uh, sometimes freeze. Uh, people's, you know, if people want to take the money out, there's a limit. But in this case, yeah, they defaulted on these bonds, and it looks like uh, they're defaulting on, on another one on as of April 13th of today. Mm -hmm. um, they it says here default on two more massive tranches of debt. So basically, what he's saying, uh, Ben Rickert, is that uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people who that don't know that a lot of their uh, pension money. And hedge fund money is in these mm -hmm. uh, highly illiquid private private equity instruments, and uh, it could be serious. I, I don't know what the impact is going to be. I, I mean, we've seen um, we've seen since December, uh, Blackstone has had problems with these uh, commercial real estate uh, funds. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And so, I think what is it? Uh, the most recent I saw um, they suspended withdrawals. Yeah, uh, as people are trying to get out, and so like, like that's going to definitely linger, and that's all leading into the later the later this year, where perhaps that you know the commercial real estate debt bomb might implosion might be the next you know fuse that's lit on the other end, because <laughs> the bank if the banks was on one side, now we got the commercial banks on the other side. Like you know, how does this meet? What what is the meet up to and or eat up equal up to in the middle of all this? So that's going to be something definitely worth paying attention to. So. Commercial real estate. All right. So I just wanted to mention that just because I uh, forgot to touch on that earlier. Um, Jay Jones says, I mean, guys, what is the end result of all this destruction? Do they want us to microchipped and brainwashed and in concentration camps, tracked and traced and vaxxed? <laughs> the U.S. is collapsing. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. What is the end result of all this destruction? Yeah. And that's well, there's a lot of theories I, for that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, monetarily and uh, financially, it means that they might be able to keep things looking good, the bond market, the stock market. But uh, the real uh, bad thing that's happening is that the dollar is buying less and less, the pounds buying less and less, all the fiat currencies are, are dropping because the only way to keep this game going is through more and more uh, debt, more money printing, more deficit spending. Uh, as per the other uh, 
other things he said there, I, I'm not too sure. I, I try not to uh, worry too much about that because that's what they want us to do, worry and be, and be, be fearful and think that uh, they're really all powerful, that they can do those things. And personally, I think they're going to fail. Yeah, I hope they do fail, and we will have to wait and see. But and I see in the in the, in the comment section, people are talking about uh, you know selling some silver if it gets to fifty. And I even heard one of the commentators talking about having been in the having been in the industry so long that if it gets to a certain number, he's going to take some profits. And I'm thinking like I don't know if I'm like you know, you know traders take profit. I'm like I just if it gets to a certain number, like well, huh? well I mean, take profit. Uh, in what you're saying of silver, I think I think it was James Anderson from SD Bullion. He was interviewed, he mentioned that, yeah. I know, but yeah, maybe if you need to uh have an emergency, yeah, sell it at whatever. But uh, it's like in Venezuela, in the run up to the hyperinflation, the people saw gold and silver going up. Oh, I'm gonna take some profit. Right. And then a month later, you know, uh, the, double, the triple took the profit in is i mean i would maybe look but you know silver if it gets to 50 it's still the level that it was in 1980 mm -hmm. so maybe if oil is at ten dollars when uh, silver's at 50 yeah maybe sell some silver and buy some oil but don't don't keep the the fiat currency what's the point Right. And that, that was the whole point. Like, you know, you're taking profits back into a fiat currency that is be, that has been exposed as the primary problem is like, ah, you know, I, I don't I'm not too confident in that. But I'm curious. I didn't get your thoughts on um, the whole Texas bill, the two bills is put forward about uh, creating a state issued digital currency backed by gold. And of course, it's probably it's, it's a long shot more than likely. But just the fact. Texas and Florida seem to be leading the way to counter that potential CBDC that's being rolled out here. Do you see this type of activity picking up and being able to get some traction, given yeah, take, give or take all the stuff that's ahead of us? Definitely. I think uh, in Texas there's a gold depository. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. We'll have to see. I mean, preferably uh, we, wouldn't, we, sh we shouldn't have really a gold-backed currency. We should just use gold right and, uh, but yeah, people think it's too cumbersome but how how did people manage for two thousand years you know using gold and silver why can't yeah. we uh up until the i mean the 1930s and even the 1960s we used to use silver mm -hmm. yeah it's not too hard to go backwards. So the reason I mention that because, you know, low blood pressure says uh, there's always a safe haven country when calamity happens. I'm betting on Texas. <laughs> Texas, Texas is going to join the BRICS, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Abbott put in an application to join the BRICS. That would be something else. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's not even possible. But just that thought of that is like, you know, that's different. Um, what else we got here? So a lot of, a lot of talk about different prices and stuff like that for silver, man. Uh, somebody said about Libertads are $50 an ounce and the buyback is $26 or something. <laughs> that can't be, that can't be real. Uh, what else we got here? Well, yeah. You have to try to sell it privately. You know, um, that's the thing. Yeah. So what do you see in prices wise on in your neck of the woods 
far as premium wise? Yeah, the premiums are pretty high. And uh, I saw the other day one of the big dealers here uh, got an email and they said, we're paying 10% over for silver if you sell it to us, 10% over spot. Yeah. So, but uh, I think people worry too much about uh, premiums and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I just worry about being able to stack. I think that's right. the key thing. Uh, uh, unless, of course, you, you, you want to trade physical, which I don't really recommend. You know, it's, yeah. it's there for a rainy day. Uh, Roxy says, your thoughts on investing with noble gold? I am not familiar with noble gold, uh, Roxy, so I don't know much about them. Never heard of them, so I don't know anything about that. If anybody in the chat know anything about it, feel free to let her know in the chat. Matthew, is another that, question. Is, is, that thoughts? Mining, is that a mining company? Noble gold let me Mighty, i don't know noble gold i don't know i've never heard of them uh it looks like noble gold investments and so it is not a mining company the leading gold and silver ira company yeah so ira company I so see. yeah don't know no definitely check them out before you go that route uh matthew says thoughts on the how thoughts on on how money market funds use rp high interest rates for better return on investments in relation to siphoning money from regional banks mm. is you mean reverse re, uh, repo uh, yeah i mean that's what they do the money market funds uh they they take their they take their you know their uh u.s treasury securities and they uh, lend it to the Fed, and the Fed pays them uh, an interest. I think that's the reverse repo. Yeah. Okay, good stuff there. I'm not familiar with. And that. a lot of that, a lot of that money is coming from the regional banks. People are putting money into money market funds. <laughs> Low blood pressure says, "Question: When are you guys going to use credit cards for precious metals?" <laughs> no. Uh, uh, uh what else i heard let me see don't buy i uh well i could use a credit card but i would pay it right off see i don't like having a yeah lbp he maxes one and gets another max one and paid out max but so yeah he's he's the credit card guy <laughs> uh somebody says noble gold stay away if you don't hold it yeah counterparty risks expect you know risk to intensify moving forward we already saw the risk in the uh, different financial sectors with the crypto FTXs and we saw SVB risk. And yeah, there's going to be some risk out there with a lot of metals companies, I'm sure. Someone mentioned the Mexican peso that the dollar is dropping against it. it yeah, and it's true because I, I've looked at that, at that in the last two years. The Mexican peso is the best performing currency. And so is the Brazilian real. Brazilian real is like the second best. So what about what's the Russian ruble? Huh? What about the Russian ruble? No, not the Russian ruble. I'm more the Mexican peso and the Brazilian real. It's more because they started raising rates in mm -hmm. 2021 when in, inflation started picking up a lot quicker than uh, the Fed. Yeah. And their, their rates are a lot higher than their inflation rate, which is how you sh it should be. And that's why the peso and the real are quite strong. Let me check this out. If you look at the Mexican peso the last two years, it's actually done quite well versus the dollar. Yeah. 
put pulling up here right now. Yeah, I see the U.S. dollar has dropped. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Let me reverse that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's it a might good thing. be. Uh, it might be uh, also a lot of Americans <laughs> wanting to move <laughs> to Mexico. It's a, you know, a flood of expats down in Mexico these days. Well, you I, know, I, I, could be. <laughs> uh, well, I can play it back. What else we got here? Dollar won't crash till we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, the USD is going to be around. Oh, yeah, like the um, British pound is still around, but. Right, it's going to be <laughs> around. One, one pound used to be almost $5, and it's now like 1.2. But, uh, all right. Well, I don't see any more questions. We're approaching our almost through a thirty-six minutes, give or take. Um, so, what are we? What, what's what's coming up in the near future to keep an eye on, according to what you're watching from your neck of the woods? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think there's a Fed meeting next next the month. Third. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I think we need to keep uh, an eye on uh, Japan. You know, the Bank mm -hmm. of Japan, even though. Their bond markets seem seem to be under control. There's not nothing really that I see in the horizon, but uh, I think the the interesting development is commodities. You know that mm -hmm. chart you showed of the oil price. That's happening to the CRB index as well, which is yeah. you know a commodities uh, basket. So yeah, I, I think that will be interesting to, to look at, and the fact that. Um, the uh, strategic petroleum reserves of the U.S. were depleted so massively, and they haven't re replenished them. And now, with oil prices going up, it's going to be a real problem. And, right. and I guess uh, all the political division in the U.S. and all the political chaos in Europe as well, in France, mm -hmm. you know, all the protests over there. It's yeah. um, the other thing to uh, take into account. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm keeping an eye or I will be keeping an eye on, you know, especially in May uh, with the Arab meeting, the Arab, Arab summit. And so Saudi Arabia is brokering a lot of peace deals. Apparently, yeah. Assad is going to be going. Iran, Saudi and Iran just met last week. So it's like all this peace in the Middle East. Yeah, they're, Yemen, actually, they're working on something. There's a ceasefire in Yemen as well. The Yemen war. Right. Yeah. So that's a, right. That's another thing to keep an eye on. Uh, more announcements from uh, the BRICS nations and mm -hmm. those who mm -hmm. want to be part of BRICS. Uh, right, right. So definitely that's going to be – that's going to – it won't get talked about much on this hemisphere here, but it's worth keeping an eye on just because whatever comes out of there will definitely impact the West and especially the, the, the dollar. So there's going to be some uh, some some announcements pretty, pretty soon because the BRICS summit is in August. So heading to fall and this next time this mile, when this mild recession starts – the world might be announcing something, so mm. uh, we'll see. But, of course, the price of gold and silver will be reflecting upon these announcements, I'm sure. So, And it uh, won't be going down, I don't think, but we'll see. Anyway, all right, uh, well, everybody, be blessed, be safe. Hope you have a great weekend. Get out and enjoy some sunshine wherever you're at. Smile, be a blessing to other people, and just enjoy life while you still got it. So uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. And other than that, be blessed, be safe, and I'll see you guys later. Peace.